Today's episode is brought to you by Five Line Designs. Bring your brand to light with Five Line at fivelinedesigns.com. Here at Five Line, we like to ask, what can we do for you? We're here to help you and your business grow from all angles. Whether it's building the voice of your brand, redesigning your assets, or building out a website, Five Line is here to help you step your game up and beat out the competition. No matter what stage you're in, whether you're just starting or you've been up and running for many years, make your next move your best move by working with Five Line. You won't regret it. Schedule a meeting to see what we can do for you today at FiveLineDesigns.com. Welcome to the Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right. Hello to everyone in podcast land today. Thanks for joining us. Sean, how are you feeling? Feeling great and excited to have a guest today to talk about business cycles with us. All right. All right. So today's episode, as Sean just said, we're going to touch on a business concept and idea around uh, business cycles. We're going to get into, you know, what it means, what's the quote unquote textbook definition of it, and then kind of get into seeing how it applies into a real world scenario for a business um, with our guest, Ashley Fuyo today, um, and kind of just go through some of the ideas and explanations on what it means and how you can uh, take that into account as you're starting and working on your business. So before we introduce our guests and get into that, I think we should you know, we should go into the, the definition of what a business cycle is. Are you good? Absolutely. All right. So, you know, it is the uh, economic cycles, the downward, upward movement of gross domestic product, GDP, and its long-term growth t- trend, right? Um, it usually, the period of time is contained into a single boom and contraction. So, you know, the up and down of the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, business cycles are usually measured by uh, various factors, you know, but uh, the growth rate of the gross domestic product, even though we, we call it cycles, right, they don't really exhibit a uniform or predictable sequence, right? It really can happen. You can have two to three quarters of like uh, up curve and then the next quarter could be a downturn and that could be a cycle. So it's not like one, one quarter up, one quarter down, next and so forth, right? But, uh, right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I think it'll make a lot more sense once we introduce our guests who right. can speak to the actual applications of some of these principles because right. it applies directly to our business. Right, because I feel like I just confused myself breaking it down a little bit as I was explaining it some. All right, so we're welcoming Ashley to the show. Ashley, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. Thank uh, you for having me. All right, for sure. Thank you for joining us. Of course. All right, so, you know... We usually like to let our guests introduce them themselves, you know, uh, like what do you refer yourself to, title, founder, CEO, and so forth, and to kind of explain your business and, and tell your story. Well, my name is Ashley Fuel, and I am the owner of Unwrap. Um, Unwrap is a luxury wrapping paper company that is elevating the gifting seat experience. Um, what title do I have? I don't necessarily give myself a title because this is a new space that I'm exploring. Um, Because I'm a new business owner, I obviously am the founder, but some people also call me the CEO, the executive, but I truly have imposter syndrome and I am just like happy to have sales, honestly. 
Well, I'm going to have to call you out on imposter syndrome because we're going to tout a little bit of your accomplishments. You've been featured <laughs> on Beyonce.com. You've been featured yeah. at the Roots Festival. You've been featured in Forbes, Essence, People Magazine. You know what I mean? You've definitely broken through. So um, just going to have to big you up a little bit to give some context <laughs> to how fast your business is growing. Can you tell us like when you first started it? Of course. Thank you for that. Um, I started the business in 2017. Um, I recently quit my job early that year and I pretty much had time. Um, it was always a dream of mine to start the company. Um, I kind of toyed with the idea, not really taking it serious, but because in 2017 I quit my job, I pretty much used up my 401k and like really hit the ground running. Um, I purchased my own printer and was literally printing wrapping paper on demand and that was my business. I had a website and I had an Instagram and that's pretty much all that I had. Um, going into year three, I'm like shocked that I'm still here, that I'm getting all these amazing features and collaborations. Um, but again, it's still surreal and I'm literally still pinching myself to this day. So I we got to know a little bit more about your background now. You're in graphic design, right? You're an artist first, kind of, right? So did that kind of lend to yourself towards going into this industry? Definitely. Um, so I've been a graphic designer for the past seven years. Um, I've worked in fashion. Now, more recent, I'm in media. But I've always been a designer at heart. Um, even when I think about my childhood, I was always redesigning the worlds around me. Again, back in the 90s, like... It wasn't a thing to work in the arts. You always had that idea or that concept that being an artist, you're going to be broke the rest of your life. So no one mm -hmm. ever took it serious and no one thought that it was a viable option. So yeah, I was designing things when I was younger, but I didn't know that that could be a career. I went to Baruch College for marketing. And due to the fact that I couldn't pass a math class, <laughs> I decided to switch majors because it was it was going to be impossible to pass this math class. So I was like, okay, what major can I move to that wouldn't require math as a, a requisite? And they had a graphics program. So I was just like, oh, that sounds cool. I kind of like that. And little did I know that would be the best decision of my life. Out of all the creative outlets that you could have, you know, used to uh, create a business, what made you choose wrapping paper? So I'm a designer, so right. I'm digitally led. Everything is about perfection for me. Um, first appearances make a lasting impression, so I'm always like trying to beautify the world, even down to like gift wrap. So when I would gift things to friends, I was always like searching the market for like cool things that spoke to their personality. And of course, there's nothing on the market that does that until unwrap plug. Um, <laughs> So I, I was always like finding myself literally designing and printing my own wrapping paper. I would do it something that I was like, okay, Ashley, you have to take this serious. Because if you're having this issue, there has to be other people that was having this issue as well. And literally year after year, I was like printing wrapping paper almost every single month. And people like really love my, my ideas and my concepts and my designs. Um, but again, who thought that wrapping paper would be a thing? So I want to get into your USP a little bit because you told you know you're telling us wrapping paper and we know that your creative mind went into like the designs and kind of the structure of the wrapping paper. But what was your first like uh, your first minimum viable product? Not USP, sorry, your minimum viable product. What was the first product you sold and got a profit for that you remember? If you do remember, it was definitely the wrapping paper when I first started. That that was the only thing that I offered. Um, 
because that was the one thing that I actually cared about most about. So that was definitely the first thing. Um, then I started to expand and play around. Um, again, I'm a creative, so I'm always coming up with cool ideas or wanting to redesign the world around me. So then I introduced the fabric wraps. And boy, oh boy, I did not realize that I would create a fan club around just the fabric wraps. Fabric wraps is a Japanese concept. It's called furoshiki. Um, it's basically a reusable cloth that you can either wrap a gift, you can use as a bag, you can wear. It's just a reusable cloth. Um, my cloth is a satin cloth, so a lot of people buy the scarves not to gift, but they actually want to wear it and want to represent the brand, and everyone has fallen completely head over heels in love with the fabric wraps. How was the early days of the business, like getting clients, getting customers, people, you know, buying the product and believing in that? I honestly didn't have any expectations, only because I don't have a business background. I was purely just doing this for fun. So I was like, oh, I'll create an Instagram, I'll create a website, and I'll just sell to my friends. Um, that was my thinking going into it. By month two, I already had a feature on Essence.com, and that catapulted my business bigger than I had ever imagined. So from there, I had sales, I had people following the brand, and one thing led to another. So basically, people uh, actually buy the product, and then they experience the brand, and then tell their friends, and then their friends wanted to buy into it. And it's just been a word of mouth since then. Now, did that big explosion of new customers um, from the feature, did that have to change the way you operated your business? Like, you're a solopreneur. Did you have to hire freelancers to help you with uh, with product or with inventory or with shipping? Like, how did that affect you, the success? How did it affect your operations? Because I wasn't working, I was able to commit 24 hours to the business. So, literally, I was printing as I would like take a nap and then in the morning I would package everything. The post office was down the block from me so I was making multiple trips to the post office. I'm also a Capricorn so we have a really hard time asking for help because we think that we can do it all and we know it all. So I literally and still to this day I am doing everything by myself and really asking for help. Well as a fellow Capricorn I can agree with you on that. <laughs> so we you know the topic overall you know we're talking about your business and we you know we started off by discussing business cycles for a business such as your, as as the one you have where it's gift wrapping paper among other things you know to you as the owner you're probably like well this is this is this is your business you're 24 7 365 right but could you speak to like the, the ups and downs the fluctuation of traffic and business that happens in the cycles for you uh, for your business especially for something that would initially most people would consider a seasonal business they don't really think about wrapping papers and gifts and things like that until the holidays towards the end of the year Mm -hmm. That was definitely a tough lesson that I had to learn year one. Mm -hmm. um, after the success of my first holiday season in 2017, um, business was quiet by January 1st. I mean, not January 1st, by February 1st. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> so I just like closed down the site um, so that I can take a break and kind of catch and refocus. Um, so I was able to close the e-commerce down for a couple months and then once the holiday season came around again I was able to open the business and then introduce new products 
Like, I didn't want people just to come to my website around the holiday season. I definitely wanted to attract people year-round. Because, again, the holidays, yeah, we say the holiday season, thinking of Christmas and Thanksgiving, but every day is a holiday. There's always a birthday. Mm -hmm. There's Mother's Day. There's Father's Day. There's different traditions. Like, there's holidays year-round, so people should be purchasing year-round. So I definitely wanted to give them a broader assortment so that way they're coming to me time and time again. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because uh, my question was going to be to you. Did you find it hard to kind of retain your customers after the Christmas season, after that holiday season? What was kind of the tactics you, you used to get them back in and get them back interested in the brand? So I focus more so on building the, the business aspect than actually retaining the customers because year one, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I was just like, okay, I'll just close the site and just refocus. So that way I was stronger once I reopened the business and that November 1st of 2018. So in November, like I had my head in the game and I was focused on then really building that clientele and really building relationships with my customers. Also in 2018, I started to do a lot of pop-up events. So everywhere that my customer was, I made sure that my brand was represented. So I did every pop-up, every corporate event. But once someone actually experiences the brand in person, that makes an everlasting connection. So I was definitely trying to go to every pop-up event so that way I met my customer where they were. I definitely had to work on operations in the back end. Um, I was realizing that I was spending a fortune on ink. <laughs> so I definitely had to come up with new ways on how I was actually processing orders. Um, when I owned my own printer, the printer required nine cartridges of ink at $60 each. So you can do the math and realize how expensive it truly was to actually produce the products. So I definitely had to rethink how I was producing the products. I was selling them and then how many designs I was then offering as well. So so now we're gearing up for year two, right? What 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 was the what was that anticipation and build up like and how did that really contrast this that cycle, the upcoming cycle from the previous cycle that you had experienced a year ago? So it was definitely more successful because I realized that I had to be at the pop up events so that way customers can actually experience the brands. And then I also like bulked up on print, <laughs> I mean bulked up on ink, so that way like my cost could go down and it was more effective. Um, I also started to collaborate with other artists, so literally putting their artwork onto wrapping paper. Um, that was a great opportunity because not only was I able to expose the brand to my audience, but I was also then able to expose the brand on their platforms as well. So that definitely helped out um, tremendously. Most of the artists that I started collaborating with then, I still collaborate to this day. So I definitely have strong relationships in that sense. So wherever I, I, whenever I'm talking about something, the artist is talking about it and it just doubles the exposure even further. Staying on the top of exposure a little bit, you've had like some high profile features. You mentioned Essence, I mean, Beyonce.com. Is that the biggest one you've had so far or is there some that I may have missed? Um, I think Beyonce is the most recognizable. <laughs> um, that was definitely to my surprise, but also making the Forbes list the same week was insane. So I would definitely say Beyonce and Forbes were the biggest thus far. Um, in 2019, I also did a collaboration with Issa Rae, so that's pretty notable. Um, but those are the top three. It's not a bad top three. You're getting all the, the, the major cosigns out here. So then year two happens, right? And now you're in... <laughs> what you know i don't want to say a new cycle but kind of like all right we're revving back up right so at this point mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that 
every day is a you know there's multiple holidays just besides the holiday season that we traditionally think of as consumers right so how how does that work for you like are you mapping out all right this holiday is coming up are there certain holidays that are more important you know? uh, so i definitely try to make a boom for different holidays so mm-hmm. in 2018 i um partnered with the brand to create an in-store experience. Mm-hmm. I collaborated with Mikey Likes Ice Cream. It's an ice cream parlor in Harlem. They have a really dope space, and we came up with the concept of turning the ice cream parlor into a pop-up shop. So um, couples can come in, and they can purchase flowers and then have like a date at the ice cream parlor. So you can get an ice cream sandwich and a bouquet of flowers. So we turned the entire ice cream parlor into a flower shop and it was really beautiful and it was a great experience. So people not only got to experience um, having a great date night, but they also got to experience the brand. So that was really dope to tell the brand story through in-person experience. And now that collaboration, who kind of led, did you reach out to them? Honestly, it was just like a friend of a friend. We actually um, just met up to just like meet each other and we found that, oh, I actually like your brand. Oh, I actually like your brand. And we just decided to work together. It was all, everything that's happened for the business thus far has solely been like because of a connection or a friend told a friend. It's all been word of mouth. Now, oh my gosh. It's been pretty wild with Amplify Black Voices. Um, so at the beginning of 2020, it was kind of trickling down, and I like anticipated it. I was like, okay, let's ride this wave and see how it goes. But then Amplify Black Voices happened, and I went from 6,000 followers to now I'm at 15.6 thousand followers um, and sales have like tripled what I would do in a holiday season um, in the month of June. So Wow, that and that's not even a busy season for you, right? June, exactly. Um, that's when like the business is like quiet. Like I'm not getting much traffic on the website whatsoever. Um, and I have been able to triple holiday season in one month. My followers have tripled. Like it's been pretty wild times. And on top of all of that, I make the Beyonce list. I'm make the Forbes list and I'm getting all of these features. So it's been a surreal time thus far. Now with all this influx of attention and now your sales are tripling, do you anticipate, what do you anticipate for the the holiday season, your usual biggest season? Like, are you forecasting uh, anything specific or are you just going to kind of deal with whatever they send you (laughs) come Christmas time? (laughs) Well, COVID now has changed the industry. Um, Usually, I focus heavily on the pop-up events. Um, that way, I can have that FaceTime with my clients. But now that we are uncertain what the future holds, I'm definitely looking into doing more brand collaborations. So that way, I can help like promote my brand on other people's platforms um, to widen the exposure so I can tell more of the brand story since I'm not having that face-to-face interaction. I'm also going to um, incorporate more product categories so that way I'm giving the customers more more to buy into so that way they can have like everything that they need for the gifting experience and it's beyond just the holidays like it's definitely year-round I have a lot in works for holiday 2020 okay some exclusives coming all right um me I'm teasing the future episode a little bit me and Danny do a breakdown of the movie founder which is about the story of McDonald's and one of the big lessons from that for me was them uh assessing the business and seeing what products sell the most and which products don't 
um, for McDonald's, mm-hmm. they realized it was fries, burgers, and Cokes and shakes, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for your business um, and all your offerings, is there something um, that you went to and then something that you offered and you were like, well, this isn't a good seller. It's not worth the overhead it costs to produce. So you kind of canceled it from your line or have you not necessarily had any misses with your products yet? Oh, I've definitely had a few misses, but I'm not sure if they're actually misses or if I just introduced them a little bit too early. I needed to focus on just establishing my brand as the go-to brand for all your gifting needs. Um, but because I hadn't established myself and I was still in the infancy stage, um, I shouldn't have introduced like the gift tags, the ribbons. Like I needed to just focus on my staple, which was perfecting the gift wrap versus adding on accessories. So now I'm seeing much success in my accessories, so I can definitely introduce them again. But I was just introducing things a little bit too fast. I was doing year five things in year two. And did you have any products that were just too expensive to make um, that for that reason you had to abandon them? Yes. Um, so like I said, when I was printing wrapping paper on my own, I was then able to print wallpaper. So the wallpaper was a hit, but it was way too expensive. Um, that item is on hold for a little bit until I can work out the kinks and I can find a manufacturer who can produce it that quality that I anticipate. Um, but I was definitely moving way too fast with wallpaper. When you're planning a business and, and planning your inventory and new products, are you at a point or is it kind of just like because you're a designer and an artist, you're like, I'm just going with the with the flow of the universe? Or are you getting into the grittiness or, or the details and be like, all right, well, I'm forecasting this amount of, you know, products for this season and, and so forth. And, you know, maybe this will sell out. So is it just kind of, hey, I'm just going to introduce it and we'll see what happens with when when it happens. Honestly, because I'm a creative, I feel like the business aspect of business is like a different side of the brain that I just cannot get to function. <laughs> <laughs> so I just solely focus on the creative. Mm-hmm. I introduce products and see if they're hit. If I see success in it, I'll bring it back in larger quantities time and time again. And that's pretty much how I've been testing things so far. Definitely. I don't want to break anyone's heart, but like if you have an idea in your head, it's better to just try it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't fail, you'll never learn. So I'm pretty much just like learning every single day in the business. So one question I was curious is being in front and being the face of the business, um, like how does that work? How does that balance work with you being your own spokesperson and kind of your own brand ambassador? Um, do you find that to be a natural process for you? Is that something you had to step outside of your comfort zone? Like talk to us about that a little bit. It's definitely well out of my comfort zone. I am definitely a behind the scenes person. Um, Year one, I, de- I didn't show my face on the Instagram page. I wasn't doing Instagram stories. Like, I didn't want to be on the page whatsoever. Obviously, that had to change because someone had to sell the product at the pop-ups. So I've grown a little comfortable with doing the pop-up events because I'm, I can naturally tell my story. But doing that online or even doing this podcast, I'm like, I have butterflies in my stomach and I'm like, twiddling my thumbs because I'm like really really nervous (laughs) I don't know why you're nervous so many people are probably like in awe of all of the love you're getting and just how you were able to like take a creative idea and make it something tangible and and you know what do you call it profitable yeah profitable it's just because I'm such a behind the scenes like I like to make everyone else look good I like to make their gifts look good Mm. so having all the spotlight on me just like okay that's too much that's too much (laughs) 
what what has been the hardest part of the business so far would you say from your perspective of running and, and operating this venture just learning business and how to look at the numbers and analyze the numbers i'm still having a lot of difficulty with that mm -hmm. um but i'm learning that instead of like trying to fix things and like making things work like plugging in the number here plugging in the number there making it work i'm just like hiring professionals so i'm definitely making sure that everything is well organized and well um, accounted for so that's kind of been my my solution to that issue. It's just like hiring professionals instead of trying to do things on my own and breaking things even further. Is there anything that you wish you had known before you started? Like, I wish I would have gone back to school and got my master's <laughs> in business management. Ah, okay. Um, that is still a goal of mine. Mm -hmm. um, I feel as though once I get a better understanding of business, I can run my business even better. I mean, I'm doing a pretty good job now, but I know that once I have expert knowledge, then I can like catapult my business even further. Hearing your story, right? Like, especially you were in year three, right? And the cycle, mm -hmm. and for you, um, which I know for a lot of businesses, they could you know, only hope to have as much exposure and, and, and success. And it does kind of feels, you know, like it's still surreal, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But what is a myth about entrepreneurship that you're like well it ain't what it seems like this is this is what they would like you to think but this is not really what it is you know i've you've had this success in three years you know so far but let me tell you the real you know especially in a day and age where everybody not everybody but there's a lot of romanticizing about starting your business and being your own boss and so forth i would say the biggest myth that i've learned that things need to be perfect and that you need capital Mm. Oh, oh, those are some gems. Right Obviously, <laughs> I'm still making all of the mistakes. <laughs> um, I do not know what I'm doing. I'm just figuring it out each day. Um, I think the biggest battle that people have to get over is just like starting. Meet the mm. problem where you are. Like if you want to do something, just do it. Like you'll learn along the way. Um, my biggest tools are my belief systems and Google, like anything that I dream up or like my shower ideas, like I'm just going on Google, how can I make this happen? And I make it happen. So I would definitely say um, those are the biggest myths that I want to debunk today. People assume that you need like 10 to 30,000 to start a business. And it's like, no, like we have the internet, we have social media, like we can find ways around it and we can make things come to fruition without a large sum. Like things are too accessible nowadays and you don't need that, that issue um, investment. Would you, I'm not saying you don't need any money, but you don't need a large investment to start a business. Right. A lot of it might be because of what's put in front of us on what it takes to start a business. When you have shows like Shark Tank, or you hear uh, every other every time you turn around, you see a, a company in the news getting venture capitalist money at X amount of dollars. You know, um, it kind of creates that narrative that you you must start with a boatload of money or get a huge investment to start, right? I think that was the biggest learning for me as well. Is like you see all these things and you um, you hear all these things, you see the shows, but a lot of these people don't look like you and I, mm -hmm. so. Again, if you want to do something, just do it. Don't let those things hold you back and don't let those things deter you. Um, you hear about all these businesses getting capital. No one's knocking on my door trying to give me money. 
if this idea would have sat in my mind, someone else would have done it and I would have been mad because I didn't do it. So it's better that you just act on the ideas rather than waiting around for your opportunity. So uh, as we as we're wrapping up and, you know, bringing the show to a close today, I, I would like to ask, what's next? What, what, what do we have going on next? What's the next wave of cycle? <laughs> what, what's the... What's happening? What's going on? What can we expect from you? This is my least favorite question. <laughs> Everyone asks what's next, but I'm still trying to like grasp what's happening now. Like all that's been going on the last few weeks, I'm still trying to like understand and like take it all in. So what's next will happen when it happens. <laughs> all right, that's a fair that's a fair answer. I, I can respect that. So I'm gonna challenge you a little bit because um, one of the stats that we find that we've been told is that you know a lot of entrepreneurs end up selling their first business. So in that in that line <laughs> of thinking, um, I mean, you don't have to get into specific numbers or anything, but could you ever see yourself selling this business to, to you know a, a, a bigger company, a bigger conglomerate, or maybe just someone else who's very impressed by what you've done so far, or is this your baby and you want to hold it for the rest of your life? So. When I was thinking of taking it seriously, I was just like, ooh, I can start this, get it off the ground, and then sell it. Like, of course, that's the dream. That's how people become millionaires and billionaires. But now actually doing the work, actually getting my hands dirty, like, this is my baby. This is what I live. This is what I breathe. This is always the first thought. This is always the last thought. Like, I could be lounging on Instagram, but I'm still, like, saving things that draw inspiration for the brand or I'm looking at what other people are doing and like, or I'm in the streets being inspired and like, how can I bring that back to the business? Like this is truly like, I am raising a child here. So I don't think I could ever give it up. Um, I'll probably start more businesses because I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Um, so I'll probably sell one of those, but I'm rap is definitely my baby that I want to cherish. And then can you just list off kind of like, your featured product line right now for all of our audience if they go to your website right now what's some of the stuff they would see so right now i offer the wrapping paper i have the fabric wraps i have decor pillows i have greeting cards i have sticker sheets and more to come later 2020 oh and i'm sorry i almost forgot we have to talk about your instagram collaboration because that's all over my feed right now that's blowing up so talk to us about the instagram filter too and how that came about of course so I'm a millennial, so of course I spend most of my time on Instagram. Um, I've been known to like overuse filters too, a little too much. Um, and people have like taken like note of that, like, oh my gosh, here Ashley goes with her filters again. So I listened to everyone and I was like, oh, maybe I should have my own filter instead of promoting everybody else's filters. So literally, again, like this was like a random shower thought that I brought to fruition. I was like, okay, I went to Google, how do I make my own filter? And that's pretty much how that happened. I, I worked on it for about three weeks just to get the design right and the aesthetic right. Submitted it to Instagram, they approved it, and now we're live. Congratulations. Thank you. Another, another win to the list, right? Another. <laughs> definitely. All right. No, definitely. Uh, uh, very happy. Uh, for all the success and the continued success that you will have with your brand, I'm sure. Thank uh, you so much. So we'd like to thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story with our audience uh, and speaking to, you, you know, your business, how it relates to the topic that we touched on on the beginning of the show and just, you know, what's what's to come. Thank you for having me. Uh, it was super exciting. All right.
right. And one last time before we go, tell us everybody the name of your business, the name of your Instagram, where we can find you, all that good stuff. So my business is Unwrap, U-N-W-R-P. So Unwrap with Alfie A. We're cooler, we're better. <laughs> um, that's the handle on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, we're U-N-W-R-P-P-D. So Unwrapped without the A and without the E. All right, so that's a wrap on this week's episode. If you have a question you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message or send us a voice note on any of our social media channels, or you can shoot us an email at questions at businessgrindshow.com. Also, if you like the information we're providing, please share with your friends. See you again soon. And in the meantime, keep Keep grinding. The Business Grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.